1: considering how important Quick was to the Kings and how valuable he was, there is certainly an agreement out there or a feeling out there that if he was in this process, he should have known about it.
2: Okay, so I do want to get to that. Jonathan Quick traded away by the Kings, the Blue Jackets, mm-hmm. for Corpusalo Gavrikov. The, the Kings are good, and they're trying to win. And they traded away a franchise legend. In The process, yeah,
3: and they're all time player, probably. I mean, Gretzky did play yeah. there, it's tough to. I know he wasn't there forever, but he did put up like 200 point seasons, yeah. So. Anyway,
2: good morning, Jeremy and Joe. Howard's off today, he's taking one last day off before coming in tomorrow for yeah. his final show. We got a big show planned for you tomorrow, so hope everyone can join us and we can send Howard off in style. But anyway, on the Chicken trade, we're going to talk with Dean Brown, TSN 1200 in Ottawa in about 10 minutes, you know. The thing I want, Joe, is I want the Sabres to graduate. I use this term, and it sounds like an insult, but I don't mean it to be. I want them to graduate to real team status. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a line to always walk there. What is described there by the, the, the Kings trading Quick, people talk about like whether or not they were classless. Like how could you do that to Jonathan Quick? Right. And the answer yeah. is because they want to win. Right. Because they've won Cups before, and... They're trading away a goaltender that doesn't serve them anymore. He's not good anymore. They're upgrading, attempting to upgrade the position. And they sent him to the worst team in the NHL in the process. And the Sabres, if you bring up the idea of trading a goaltender, you'll get a little bit of, well, what's that going to do in the room? You know, I respect that. And I think it's a young team, and there are times where the wrong moves can lead to consequences you don't want and mm-hmm. we can even think of an example here with the savers when they draft eichel and trade for o'reilly and trade for kane and have Bilesma, they have the wrong mix of players maybe around young players mm-hmm. and there is that's it's often a point made like evander kane in that scenario might not have been the best move to get him near young players I, he's been blamed for a lot of things in his past he's got yeah issues with the nhl issues with lo- whatever so you can make a point that 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 happens. I, I think I can think back to maybe Eichel's first year. Jamie McGinn, right? He's on this Jamie team again. Jamie yeah. McGinn. Yeah. He and Eichel are really close. They trade him away. Yeah. And instead of you know re-signing him, like I don't know, would that have been a right guy to keep to try and keep Eichel on track? This this is all water under the bridge. But the point is, I do have some respect for. You want to make sure that Owen Power and Rasmus Dahlin and Cousins and Quinn and Paterko. A lot of these guys are turning into the best versions of themselves. It's a point made about the Bills a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Come here and be the best version of yourself. And the Sabres want to get a lot of that out of their guys. But there are going to be times where you trade players that are liked, you trade them away. You, whether they're franchise legends or just really good guys in the room, the 06-07 Sabres, here's another point on this, Marty Baran. Yeah. They traded him away. Yep. They, they... Whether that's to give him an opportunity to be a, a number 1.
3: You know, we, we get talk- draft capital to go trade for Dinah Zubris. Right. Yeah. He Which was, is what happened. Right? He's, he was obviously very popular.
2: And the Sabres, as a team that was trying to do whatever it takes to finish the job to win the Stanley Cup, traded away a very popular player to be better. And I don't know that this team is going to do this, is ready to do this. Maybe the offseason this comes. Decisions get tougher. Middlestat, Right. You want to trade Casey Middlestat? He's really tight with Darlene. Mm-hmm. Does that mean he's untradeable? Because when you become a real team, that guy is tradable. And the prices are right on every single player. You know, last hour we joked about the idea of what would a trade package be for <laughs> McDavid. Uh huh. Everybody is movable. Gretzky got trade. Everybody has a price. And I think when you become a real team and you're less about... Growth mindset. And the Bills have graduated to this, right? Real team. They're a real team now. Yep. They don't necessarily have to convert, concern themselves with the room as much. They can gamble on this. They can do this. They can go outside and do that. And I want the Sabres to make that same graduation. And it's close. It's, it feels to me like it is close. I don't know if it comes in the next two days, mm-hmm. but if they were to trade middle stat and a first and get this young defenseman from this other team. Maybe Seattle's got a guy they don't see themselves signing. Yeah. That kind of move is when you become a real team to me. And right well, now they're just this young, growing group that's starting to blossom in a really nice way. When does Kevin Adams decide to flip the switch all the way on real team?
3: Well, and I like what Brian said about this in the first hour. Rob Ray's told him, like, just talking about how that that player being acquired, if you add someone to the room, that can be like a jolt for the rest of the players in a good way. Like, okay, they, they think we can do it because they just added. And he would say that when they wouldn't make a move, when Darcy Regeer wouldn't make moves, then the rest of the room would kind of be like, ugh, okay, just kind of flat, while everybody else is doing what whatever they can to win. So it depends. What type of trade is that? You mentioned Stat. If you're taking one guy out and putting another guy in, then I'm sure in the room that might not be the most popular thing. To me, though, like L.A. did this. With quick, as we mentioned, mm-hmm. and the reporting I saw was that not only is quick upset about it, his teammates are upset about it that they moved on from him. If Corpusella comes in, like one, they're not gonna they're not gonna give him the cold shoulder and like not talk to him. He's gonna come in, he's gonna play, he's probably gonna be a lot better than Jonathan Quick was, and they're gonna get over it. Right, the moment the playoffs start, they're gonna have a better chance to win in the playoffs. W- wins, winning solves everything. Right for a lot of other things, yep. doesn't it kind of solve everything here too? If you're even taking a guy out, you also don't have to. The Sabers can trade eventually picks, prospects like Ottawa did, without even doing anything to the room. You just bring a guy in, and that can be a more positive impact on on the players rather than oh they've got a you got to get over the fact that they're mad now that one of their guys is gone.
2: Well, the Sabers actually have had this happen this year, haven't they? Henestrosa to the AHL. Yeah, Joe Yurton on with Bulldog maybe a week or so ago talking about how that was really guys didn't like that. There's right. nothing they can do. It's a numbers game. You can only have so many guys up. But Henestrosa's very popular. He had a good season last year. They brought him back. He's well liked. Yeah, Hinnestroza, They were trying to find a trade for is the right. is the most likely trade the Sabers make by three o'clock tomorrow. Hinnestroza going out because they're trying to find a home for um, him.
3: Is it Asplund going I- out? Maybe. I don't know about any more because of Tuck's injury. Right. Had Tuck stayed healthy, I might say yes. Right, but Asplin, he's a good bottom-six defensive forward, and he can't crack the lineup because they have so many guys. And they really needed defensive forward. Yeah. They could probably use him. So, maybe. That, that's when, that's when I,
2: I, I'm not upset. I, I said I'd be mad if the Sabres didn't make the Chikrin move, but I can't be really all that mad about it yet. In a year, if they get passed by Ottawa, and one of the reasons is Chikrin... Well, then, you know, your counter to that move hasn't been good enough. Right. And if this team misses the playoffs by one point, and the reason is on the final day of the season, they have a goalie that lets in six, I got questions. Where is the goaltender upgrade? Corpus could have been an upgrade. You know, you could have multiple chances. And it's not like you're going out there and you're going to get Connor Hellebook as your trade deadline upgrade. That doesn't often happen, you know. It seems like the goaltender upgrade is often shouted down that, well, it takes guys time to maybe adjust. It's asking a lot. It is a glaring need for this team. Anderson has been their best, and they can't play him that much. And Lukanen, it's funny. Like Lukanen's career arc really speaks to this. At first it was, you have to waive somebody. You have to, you have to keep Lukanen up here. He's playing well enough to win. Mm-hmm. Then they kept three goaltenders. And now Lukanen's numbers have dipped considerably. Yep. He's been... Mostly unreliable. This team just wins when they score six. That's their model. Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice if they had a guy that could steal a game or two that could play? Because Anderson has
3: stolen a game or two, and he doesn't play that much. And that—that's the position the most that I think about. For like, if if you want to really show the rest of the team, we think you guys could make it. We think you guys can win. This is proof of it. We're gonna get. We brought this guy in to help us put over uh, us over the top. To me, it's goalie. Yeah. It is absolutely goaltender because they. Anderson's workload, and they know his age and, and whatnot. Um, so, I think goalie would be the position.
2: Eight oh three oh five fifty to chime in. Go to the Western Hotline. We're going to talk with Dean Brown, TSN 1200 in Ottawa. Dean, good morning. Good morning, boys. So, I wanted to get you on to ask about Ottawa, because the Sabres and the Senators are kind of, you know, well, first off, division, rivals, colleagues, and also in similar states of building up, right? So, I guess where are the senators right now in in the build and why is the chicken move right for ottawa right now
1: well i think you know in in the move in the build they are at that stage where they're obviously out of rebuild and now getting to the point where they can try and challenge for a playoff spot i think that's the by and large for most rebuilds that's the normal progression i think probably buffalo is a bit ahead of them right now Uh, where the standings are is where they are and and I think that's a pretty honest appraisal of where both teams are. And with the Chikoran move, you know, since, well, the summertime, general manager Pierre Dorian has said they were looking for another top four defenseman, and they've found him. And now it's just for them, it's kind of a balancing act to find out exactly how you manage having three dominant left left-shooting defensemen. And if you're going to play two of them together, because you would think minutes-wise, you're going to want them all to be in high minutes, that means somebody's going to play the wrong side. So for them, it's kind of the next step forward that they've been trying to make for a while, and they just finally got the deal done.
3: Ha, the You mentioned the left shot. That's happened a little bit here. Darlene's been playing the right side all year, and it's worked out for him. But like roster-wise, like this was what fit for them, right? Like uh, You mentioned the top two defensemen, but was this the biggest need that Ottawa really had?
1: Well, I don't know if it's the biggest need, but it certainly was the the one that they were determined to try and go and fill first off because in the NHL it's the hardest one. You know, every, everybody's looking for top four defensemen nowadays in this league. With you know, you can't hold up, you can't protect your defense partner. Uh, defensemen get injured more than any other position. So if, if you're going to be a team that contends for the playoffs or more, uh, you really within your system have to have ten defensemen who can play NHL games. You have to have you know, four guys in your, or three guys, whatever, if you're going to carry an extra one on your regular roster, you have to have, you know, guys who can play NHL games for you. Uh, And so, you know, Getting a getting a top four defenseman is, is very difficult to do. So I think I think it was less based on an absolute need that they had to have it, but more long range if they want to move forward, they're going to need it, so the sooner you get it, the better it is. So I, I I'm not sure it was the most pressing immediate need, but it was one of those ones that's the hardest to find. So when you find it, you do it.
2: One of the differences between the Sabres and Sens right now might might only be the like the drought. Like the Sabres has been much longer than Ottawa's. But You know, when it comes to the build, you said like out of the rebuild into the build. Is a can Ottawa have a successful season missing the playoffs? We ask ourselves this question a lot around here. If they miss, can it still be a good season? And just being in the race for Buffalo has seemed like a success. I think, Dean, we'd have a lot of fans around here saying this year's already a success. How about Ottawa where they are right now? Because it's still pretty far down in the standings, but you are right there pretty much with the Sabres.
1: Yeah, I you know I I think it's uh, I think the, the fan base at least in Ottawa is fragmented on that. There are people who are impatient and think this team um should have been in a in a playoff position already this year and uh, and so they're not going to be happy and they're not going to be satisfied if the team doesn't make the playoffs. Uh, but on the other hand, you know at the beginning of the season the franchise said that their goal was to play meaningful games going into the trade deadline. Well, they're certainly doing that. And if they don't catch up and can't win a spot, uh, there'll be people who say, okay, that, you know, they told us and that's basically what they did. Um, But it it is getting to that point, I think, with both these franchises and the pressure may be more in Buffalo because the drought has been longer, but it it is at that point where people feel like they were told that this is about how long the rebuild would, would take. And so it should be time to win a playoff spot. So um, I, I, I think that there's going to be people in the marketplace, if they don't make it, that are disappointed and unsatisfied. But by and large, I think most people understand that this is what they were told the expectation was. But next year, that's going to be a different story.
3: I wonder if a little of that impatience even goes back to the summer. I mean, the Sabres, it's been very organic, right? It's Rookies coming up. They have three rookies playing important roles, including Owen Power playing in 28 minutes on some nights, including on Tuesday. Um, And they didn't really make any big swings, veteran-wise. They didn't make any big trades, free agent signings. And I wonder, is a little of that impatience, you think, just... The, the veterans that Ottawa brought in, and they did kind of, you know, tap the fast forward button. They tapped the gas a little bit on going for it with uh, with Giroux and DeBrinket. I'm thinking of mostly.
1: Yeah, I, I you know, I, I think people were very happy with those moves, but I, I think probably the overriding sentiment in Ottawa was a déjà vu situation. You know, last year uh, they wanted to have a good start and they didn't uh, because of injuries and poor play. Uh, you know, and most of the wounds that they suffered in games were self-inflicted. And so, you know, the mantra from the players, from the coaches, from everybody going into this season was, you know, we've got, we've we've made some big additions to the forward group. And so, you know, we want to stay healthy and we want to try and stay healthy and we need to have a better start. Well, they had a rash of injuries again and they had a terrible November and that's what's put them in this situation. So, you know, for them, I, I think that, uh, you know, because they stated we want to have a better start and then you don't, and, you know, people are going, Well, hold on a second, you know, that's that was that was your stated goal. That was, you know, that was your expectation of yourself. How can you have that happen two years in a row? And and this team too, and I think any team coming out of a rebuild one of the consequences of a rebuild is you, you don't have a lot of organizational depth. That's what you're trying to build, you know, through a rebuild. And so for teams like Buffalo and Ottawa and Detroit, and anybody coming out of a rebuild, when you suffer injuries to key players, that, that can be devastating because you don't have the organizational depth. You know, Ottawa Take for example with Ottawa and, and, and Norris you know Norris missed most of last year and now with the two shoulder injuries this year they won't have him for 70 they'll, they'll miss him for 75 games this season well how many teams move forward when your number one center misses 75 games you, you can't you can't tell the fans that as, a, as a, because people look at, at injuries as an excuse but it certainly is a reason you look around the league there's not very many teams that advance missing their number one center for that length of time. But those are things that they have to live through, and that's just part of the deal.
3: Dean, all the reporting on the Jacob Chikrin trade going into, I mean, it's been over a year now, has been the Coyotes' ask has just been outlandish, teams moving on, doing other things. Then the trade gets made, and I think the reaction was, it's kind of modest. And that seemed to be a surprise given the way everything had been trending. So I guess why do you think... That the price ended up looking the way it did, rather than something, you know, something over the moon like it, it had been built up to be.
1: Well, I think I think basically it's Arizona finally realized there was no marketplace anywhere in this league for what they were asking. And you're right; you get to the trade deadline this year after missing it last year because no one will meet your price, and your price hasn't gone down. You're going to go to a third deadline, you know, like so. You know, I I think you know Jacob Chickren is a very but the price that they were asking from Ottawa or anybody else was the kind of thing you would ask of someone that's a Norris trophy candidate type of defenseman. And while Jake Chirkin is a very good player, he's never received a single vote for the Norris. So, you know, when you're asking, and, you know, in the case of Ottawa, you know, they were asking for two first round draft picks. And either Shane Pinto or Ridley Gregg, which are A-level prospects, and another prospect. So, and it was the same ask for any team in the league. It wasn't just Ottawa. So any other team would have had to have given up, you know, two first-round draft picks, a A-class prospect, and a lesser prospect. Well, the the league, the marketplace, just said no repeatedly. And so I, I think the biggest thing, and, and so did Ottawa. And I think the biggest thing that changed here, the only thing that changed here, was that Arizona modified their ask to something that the marketplace saw as reasonable. And I think because of the communication that Pierre Dorian has had over the last year with, with was one of the phone calls that kind of probably happened because they haven't always been talking so much. But uh, you know, the, the change in everything was solely a change from Arizona's perspective on what they were going to accept for Jacob Chikrin.
2: Dean Brown, TSN 1200 in Ottawa. Thanks, Dean. Anytime. So no chicron. The next few candidates, Joe, I've got some potential mm-hmm. candidates. You tell me if you like any of this. Okay. You know, almost like uh Are these all defensemen? Some. Okay. This is uh, a list put together at uh by Mark Eason at Yard Barker, NHL trade tiers. Okay. Right? Like who could you who could you go out and get? Chick was the top defenseman potentially available. Matt Dumba, he's a pending free agent. If you want a rental, Matthew Dumba is on the list. <laughs> JVR, the Flyers. Guys with term. Colton Pareko, Nick Schmaltz. Yeah, These are defensemen that
3: are available. Um, Schmaltz is a forward. Um, I'm sorry, forward, yes. But But Pareko. Pareko is interesting. Pareko, though, is under contract until 2030. Like, he's under contract a long time. And he's 29. But I right-hand shot... That that one would be interesting to me. I'd want yep. to do more homework on like what he's been the last couple of years, but but just knowing the player's reputation um I oh, man, I mean that that's that's the type of move I think I'm looking for. Well, long term.
2: There's a couple more. Sorry, here's the defenseman tier. Tyson Berry. This is the okay. whole tier. This is before they all got traded cuz Bear went, he got traded to the yep. Coyotes. Dante Fabro,
3: that I've saw a lot of people defending. That like defensive defenseman fits perfectly for what the Sabers need on the blue line. Right shot wouldn't be that crazy of a of a cost. So uh, that that seems to be a popular idea. Okay, for the Sabers,
2: Dante Fabro. You like that one? Yeah. Do you like? Uh, can I interest you in a Marco Scandella coming back? No,
3: <laughs> no, no, uh, no. no.
2: Kevin Shattenkirk, Carson Susi. That's a name in Seattle.
3: I hear yeah. a little
2: bit here and there.
3: Yeah. That one I'd be intrigued with a little bit. Didn't they kind of do that already though? That's like a third pair guy, like Yeah, so Riley Stillman, the guy they
2: traded for, is it right to have a little bit of a let Donnie Granado get a, get his hands on this guy for anybody.
3: Anybody For anybody? <laughs> honest, yeah. Is that wrong? No, no, I I think has, that's probably the right way to approach Gr- it. Has
2: Granado not in the Sabres development, has he not earned a little bit
3: of a let's see if he can shine up this yeah. just polish up this piece into something nice. Right. You don't really know what the guy is until you see him with Granado. Or you don't know what he'll be with Granado until you I, see him I, with yeah, Granado.
2: The way that player development has gone, yeah. the number of career highs on points on this team, even guys like, you know, you've pointed out Skinner all the time, Oposo's resurgence, and yeah. what has happened, of course, with Darlene breaking out and Thompson, and even Tuck... Like, Right? talk has had
3: smashed career highs.
2: Yeah. yeah. When the Sabres traded for talk, there was a little bit of a, well, don't expect him to be much more than he has been, which is a good player. Right. like I mean, 50, 60 points was what yeah. was being thrown around. I almost want to give a little bit of, they traded for this guy. His numbers are bad. Okay, let me see what he can do with Don Granado and this Sabre system because
3: now, they, they, now they've polished up some pieces pretty well. That's offensively. That is true. Do we have an example yet of guy coming into his own as like defensive specialist Samuelson maybe?
2: Okay. The other the other half of this is if the Sabers recognize that that happens, yeah. That Don take a piece, plug it in with Don Granado and the Sabers, mm-hmm. watch the point totals go up, and then sell it for more. Can I can <laughs> can Just this flip,
3: flipping houses? Yes.
2: Can the Sabers <laughs> yeah. flip houses here? Is there any potential long-term for that? Maybe. I mean, maybe I'm giving Granada a little too much credit. But, maybe. But things have gone well outside of goal, where they've not really – I mean, because Craig Anderson has been polished up a little bit. Right. But that that's my first thought. If they trade for a guy that I don't know well, and he's young but has had some – I think, okay, well, let's see if they can get something out of him because they've done a pretty good job of that so far. Yeah. Eight oh We'll get Paul's thoughts. Paul Hamilton will join us. On the other side, Paul's thoughts on the Chickren trade that the Sabres do not make instead. It is a division rival that's right in your backyard in the standings, two points back. It's Ottawa. Jeremy White, Sneaky Joe on WGR.
4: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
5: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
6: All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out of market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices, anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track 4 games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts and local pre and post-game shows. Go to mlb.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
5: It's Paul Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Paul Hamilton, our Sabers beat reporter, joining us on the Western Hotline. His reports brought to you by Equitable Advisors. Thinking about today and planning for tomorrow, and by Raylex Honda. Raylex, we got this. We'll get to Paul. Good morning, Paul.
5: How are you? How was your vacation?
2: Vacation was uh, fine. It was good. Fine. I
3: was. I was yelling earlier. He went somewhere that it was somehow colder than
5: here. Yeah.
2: Not. I don't know why I keep doing that, but I keep going to colder places. And the difference between...
5: Visit Alaska in the summertime. I
2: have. That I have done. It's not that warm, (laughs) but I have done it. And there's a lot of sunshine. Um, Paul, we're going to start off with a call. Dennis in Pendleton is going to kind of get us where we want to start. So we'll go to Dennis. Dennis, good morning.
4: Good morning, guys. This is the first time I've ever called any kind of radio show.
2: All right. We're glad to have you, Dennis.
4: I'm going to try to make this quick. I'm sorry. I've been told I'm a little long-winded. I had season tickets in 80 and 81, uh, 81 and 82 for a couple of years uh circumstances made me drop them i ended up getting on the fire department um oh condolences to the buffalo fire department that's a horrible thing to happen um so the spring i called a kid a friend we're in their 60s uh and said let's get season tickets i've enjoyed every minute of it except the toronto game (laughs) uh and it's been fantastic i can't believe we could not at least match the deal that Ottawa gave for Chickering. He's a perfect fit. He's young. He's proven. Uh, he's even cheap. But right now, we have absolutely no confidence in our defense. 4 and power. I realize Darlene's out. 4 and power plays quite a bit of minutes normally. He played over 28 minutes this last game. And. Uh, And then I think it dropped down to like Yogi Hario and Samus in 2021 or something like that. Yep. But you're going to wear the poor kid out. And it just doesn't seem like there's an enormous amount of confidence in the defense. And we needed that guy. I would have given a whole lot more. I won't even tell you what I would have given. But I just wanted to hear you guys. Thank you very much.
2: Okay, thanks. Thanks, Dennis. All right, Paul. So I do think Dennis brings up a point, which is the best – case you could make for the Sabres getting Chikrin would have been another top four defenseman that would really help um, in a scenario like this, where you're down Dalene and you're relying on power so much. So the, the price of Chikrin didn't seem crazy. And I do think, Paul, that that illustrates not that the Sabres weren't willing to pay it. Obviously, they weren't willing to pay it, but it's not a crazy price. So that tells me they didn't really think the player would have made that big a difference for them in these next couple of years. Would that be crazy to say? Like, even though he's good, I don't know. Does is is he what they
5: need? Well, they like the player, I, I think, and it's it's you can't say they could they could have at least matched it type of thing because. It's not like you. It's not like um, you know. You have a player, and somebody made an offer sheet to them and you matched an offer sheet or something like that. They wanted Ottawa's pick. They thought Ottawa's pick was better than the other picks that they had. Buffalo's pick, whatever. So, matching it. I mean, a lot. A lot of people have the impression. Well, the Sabers could have paid that. Well, yeah, but Ottawa ha- or uh, Arizona has to accept that. And also, the other thing people assume is all offers are created equal. And that's not the way trading works. That not wasn't necessarily what Arizona said it would cost the Sabres. I wasn't there. I don't right. know. But the way trading works to the Sabres, they might, well, we want Ottawa's pick more than the Sabres pick. So, all right, Buffalo, if you want them, it's going to cost you. Instead of a first-round pick, it's going to cost you Savoy. Um, or it's going to cost you Paterka, or it's going to cost you this, or it's going to cost you that, or and, and that type of thing. So it's just like, you know, Allmark. The, what the Bruins got Allmark for isn't what Allmark told the Sabres he would stay here for. It, they It was it was going to cost the Sabres a lot more than it was going to cost the Bruins because he basically didn't have a whole big interest of staying here. So you, you can't all all offer – it isn't just – oh, wait a minute, the Sabres called. They said they'd give us the same thing as Ottawa. Well, since they're the Sabres, we'll take that deal because everybody's going to do whatever the Sabres want type of a thing. That's not how trades work. Sure, I,
2: I, but I think, Paul, if they had said Savoy in two seconds, right, because I think you're you're right to say the Sabres pick is going to be probably later than Ottawa's. If they had said Savoy in two, for, or two seconds, I think that's not crazy also. Right. I would not
5: do that. I would not do. I would not even consider that. But if that, I'm, I'm the not Buffalo saying Sabres. you
2: have to. You know, that you would definitely take it. It doesn't sound nuts to me.
5: Oh, I, I. Yeah, I'm not saying it's it's out of control, but I think it's too much. You know, for if if I'm the Buffalo Sabers, I wouldn't. I wouldn't give them Kulik. You know, I wouldn't give them Quinn. I. You know, I'm just running through young players. If mm-hmm. if they're asking for young players, um. You know that that type of thing, and I'm, sincere, I'm just going through scenarios. I, I I wasn't there. I don't know what they were asking, that type of thing. But I'm what I'm just trying to point out is don't just say, well, the Sabers could have done that too. Right. Well, they Ottawa they wanted Ottawa's pick, and the Sabers would have to have given them a, a, a more than a first. Might have been two firsts. It might have been instead of a first a Savoy. It might have been you know just. You know, use your imagination. Yeah. What, what the, what, what it could, have, what it could have been, but uh, trades aren't done that way. They'll, teams will ask different things from different teams as they call because, well, we already got a, a an offer for a number one pick and it's Ottawa's and it, we feel that it's probably going to be better than your pick. So no, that's not what we're going to ask from you.
3: Right. For me, right now, Paul, it's less of an anger in that. You know, that that, that they didn't match it because, right, there are so many other factors, even the player too, right? Like the player with only two years left on his deal, he wouldn't have no leverage even without a no trade clause as to where he goes. but Maybe the Sabres did match it.
5: Maybe Maybe they said they'd be willing to do it. And they said, well, no, we're gonna take Ottawa's offer because we think their number one pick well, gonna be better. That's what I
3: wondered. Like, if Ottawa hadn't even been in the ballgame. Like just just for a hypothetical, they're not even in it. And Arizona were to go to Kevin Adams and give them that exact same offer. Like, we don't know this, but I would wonder like I would wonder if at that price, the price dropping from where people thought it was, would the Sabres and Kevin Adams had felt that okay, at this price, we do feel like we're ready for a move like this. I don't think there's another move out there right like like that now. But I don't lose all my confidence that if a of a Chikrin idea like this type of trade comes about again in the summer, I'm not going to be ready to assume the Sabers wouldn't do it just because they didn't land Checkrane this week.
5: Yeah, they were talking. I mean, and that the people people were putting that out there, and they were they were talking. But uh, as I said, uh, and and we don't know. Adams could have said to them, "Yeah, all right, I'll do that," and they would say, "Well, you know what? That's nice, but we would rather have Ottawa's first-round pick than yours, so we're going to take Ottawa." Type of a thing. So, um, people are, you know, to say that Ad- that you know they the, he should have matched that. Maybe he did. Maybe he did say yes. We don't know. We're not there. So what what do they? What do you really think they lose
3: not getting him? Not not that you know. They they had him and it's like they lost him, but I guess is that a need even long term more so than right now that you feel like the Sabers have that do they do you feel like they need at some point to address the blue line and maybe getting a, a more bonafide top four defenseman um, to go with Samuelson Power and and Darlene
5: not necessarily a more bonafide top four but they knew knew do need to address when any one of those four gets hurt they have problems they don't have anybody you can put in there even for a couple of games and be comfortable with you know to say all right well you know here's a guy that we can play in our bottom pair but if we have to put him in the top four for a little while for a week or two he'll be just fine and they don't have that at all when one of the top four gets hurt they have problems so, yes, I do think it is it is a need that they're going to have to address in the off season. They don't really, you know, other than Johnson, and we'll see where that goes, you know, they don't really have anybody in the pipeline that can fit that mold. And I don't know if Johnson can either. You know, he's still a college player. So, you know, I don't know if that's something he can work into or not. So, yes, I, I do think they have a need for that.
3: Last thing on Chickering for you, Paul, do you take anything away from lessons learned maybe from how Arizona went about that negotiation? Because for how long it, it seemed he was on the trade market, for that mm-hmm. to be the price, I, I feel like they're probably getting getting blasted a little bit today.
5: Yeah, who knows? I mean, who knows if early in the process there was a better offer? it Could have been. I mean, we don't know that maybe they thought, well, we can do better than this. And now looking back, well, geez, maybe we should have taken that because that—that that was a better offer, type of a thing. Because this went on for what a year and a half, type of a thing. So, a lot, a lot of talks and a lot of offers went through, you know, through by by the boards uh, leading up to this point. So, you know, did was there a better offer earlier in the process? And it's just so interesting to me how this trade deadline has gone. Um, I had conversations with people who have been in this business a lot longer than me uh, the other day, and nobody that I have talked to, including myself, have seen anything like this, where everything is going early. I mean, all the big fish are off the board, basically. Usually you get a couple. You know, you might get one or two, but not like this. I mean, Friday's going to roll around, and it's just going to be minor deals, if that. And you feel sorry for canadian stations that have programming around the trade deadline Mm -hmm. and and they sit there and now they're going to be sitting there talking about uh well (laughs) i don't know what they're going to be talking about you know because it's there's not a lot lot to lot to go on but wow and nobody that i talk to and i'm i'll conclude myself in this i don't know has a real good reason why all of a sudden this is what we're going to do and bam 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 people the trades are made made like crazy in the big Mm -hmm big players are coming off the board quickly and and it's just it's just so different than anything we've seen before
2: there's an answer to this transfer window Go ahead and make it two days. You're only allowed to make trades for these two days. Oh, you want to go soccer style yeah, here? You go with a window
5: instead of just you know, deadlines. Yeah. There's a reason I wanted to bring this up today, because you do come up with stuff like well, you, you do. I like you it. do have innovative thought processes. It's, so I, want, I did want to hear what you had to say.
2: It's out there, Paul, if the league really wanted to. I mean, you you would get what you get in NFL and NHL free agency, which is reports are these two sides have agreed to a deal, but it can't be finalized until you know the period opens. But you could you could absolutely do an NHL trade window and make it a week instead of – or make it three days, whatever really you want. Um, mm-hmm. One last thing before we get to tonight's game, Eye on the Blue and Gold, brought to you by Great Lakes Building Systems. We keep an eye on your business so you don't have to. Great Lakes Building Systems, our business is protecting your business. Paul's a big one in Boston. It feels bigger because they lost to Columbus. They kind of need to get one back from losing to one of the the worst team in the NHL. Um, who are you keeping an eye on tonight against the Bruins?
5: Oh, probably. I, it seemed like from practice yesterday, since he had the net by himself, Uko Pekalukkanen will get the assignment uh, to play against the Bruins, which he got the last time they played the Bruins. And why did they win that game? And Don Granado said it's simple. We had conviction and intent to get the pucks and players to the net. He said it's as simple as that. And he said that that's what Columbus had the other night that we didn't. He said they, they played just like that. And he goes, it's more will than skill when, when it gets into that kind of a situation. And he goes, we did it very, very well against the Bruins. We And they got good goaltending from Lucan in that particular night or day. I don't remember if it was a day game or a night game. And uh, that that's why they won. So that's, that's what, what I'm looking for. They're going to have to get big saves from Lucan. And there's no question about it. And I'm going to be writing, actually I'm going to start it probably uh, when we get done here, about Lucan I had a chance to chat with him and uh, about how how he's played and things how things are going since the break and everything. But if he's in goal, they definitely, if if he's not on top of his game, I don't think they have any chance. But uh, that's that's what Don Granato feels. It's just the convic- conviction and intent that they have on the road normally to get pucks and players to the net and play with speed that he goes we don't necessarily do when we're at home.
2: Sabres and Bruins, tonight,
3: 7 o'clock, pregame at 6. One, one last thing, just to get your thoughts on it, Paul. Portillo being traded. Is there a lot here to really talk about other than was it surprising to you that they they got back the pick that they spent on him in the first place?
5: I had wondered if they could get that pick back, you know, uh, if it would, it would get a third and when we talked to Kevin Adams on the air, it was oh, about 2 weeks ago or so uh before a game on the pregame, I had asked him and he said he had not heard from Portillo or Johnson yet. Uh, you know, what their intent was or what they were going to do. But obviously he had heard since then that, uh, you know, Eric Portillo probably was not going to sign with the Sabres, or maybe he told them that he had no interest in it. So now it's time, to, which he doesn't have to do with Johnson, by the way, because even if he doesn't trade Johnson and Johnson decides to take the free agency route, the Sabres, since he was a number one draft pick, get a second round pick as compensation you do not get okay. that for Patillo or anybody that was not a number one pick so he, if you're going to get some compensation for Patillo you would have had to make the deal and yeah I, I I I wondered if he could get, get a third for a guy that isn't going to sign with you and the other team knows he's not going to sign with you and all it does for the other team is now they get to negotiate with him until he becomes an unrestricted free agent and you know, so to them it was worth uh, giving up the third-round pick to have the exclusive rights to negotiate until he would hit uh, unrestricted free agency.
2: Paul Hamilton on the Western Hotline. Paul, thank you. Enjoy the game tonight. Take care, guys. Paul's report, again, brought to you by Equitable Advisors, thinking about today and planning for tomorrow. And by Relax Honda. Relax, we got this. When we return, Jonathan Quick traded the Blue
3: Jackets. Is he on the move Again, I think I'm going to have to start saying something also, with this in mind, about hockey that we say about football all the time.
2: Time for the Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week is brought to you by Riverfront Auto Sales. Pick of the Week from Riverfront is a 2016 Audi A5. Get ready for spring in this sporty convertible coupe. All wheel drive, only seventy thousand miles. Check it out now at Riverfrontautosales.com or call Marty Sr. Marty Jr. eight eight 886 886-1626 for Riverfront. Okay, pick of the week. It's uh tomorrow morning. Howard's last show. Come on. That's gotta be the pick of the pick week. Pick of the week. Tomorrow morning, six AM. I mean, we're gonna yep. set, we're gonna there's, there's a lot of gambling going on.
3: When did the first tears get shed? Ooh, yep. Yeah. Is he going to get he, emotional? Oh Evan, remind me what he committed to eating. What? Apple pie. Wow. He committed at in his final show to eating apple pie. Oh, I, I missed that. Which well, I he has never way. he has never had before. Although he requested it in a disgusting fashion, he disgusting he requested the apples be pureed. What? Like apple sauce pie, almost is what I think he was thinking he was getting. Tell me, I'm like, that's not how
2: it works. Tell me you've never had apple pie without telling me you've never <laughs> had apple pie. <laughs> you go for an apple puree? Yeah, right. Is apple sauce
3: between that's, pie crust.
2: That's ridiculous. It's absurd. Yeah. All right, so the pick of the week is tomorrow's show. Howard's last show. We'll have a good time.
3: And I think actually maybe a good thing that all of these big trades and big names are already gone because there's yeah. probably nothing that's going to interrupt... Well, speaking of that,
2: the festivities. David Pagnon a fourth period. Sounds like there's discussion between the Blue Jackets and Vegas about Jonathan Quick. That okay. they could trade him somewhere else. They just got him in a deal. Yep. And they could send him
3: out in another deal. And he's not going to report. Right? Like he's upset. He doesn't want to be in Columbus. He's like not going to report. So, okay, Vegas. Am I allowed to say the NHL salary cap doesn't exist? Um, the same way the NFL salary cap, Vegas has ninety six million dollars on their books, <laughs> and I know long term injury reserve, but they are paying ninety six million dollars out. The cap is eighty two, and they're talking about acquiring a six million dollar goaltender, probably at half salary, but still. Arizona makes this so the the NHL salary salary cap there are is, there are workarounds to a point where the league actually said this week, like watch out for long term injury reserve. Don't trade for guys that you don't plan on putting in your books until the playoffs. And then immediately Minnesota's like, oh yeah, we're gonna trade for Gustav Nyquist and activate him for the playoffs. Yeah. Like immediately after. Quick,
2: his save percentage doesn't look well, yeah, it does. Ba- B- bad Yeah. Goals no. saved above expected. Sorry, I-, I was looking at his career save percentage, which is nine eleven. Oh, he's not that his good. Picture. Current year is eight seventy six. Ooh.
3: Yeah. Yeah, goal saved above expected this season of the minimum games. What is minimum games? Minimum, so 10 games played. 74 goaltenders. He ranks 72nd. Oof. Yeah, so what does Vegas say? Vegas is just the guy in your fantasy league where... a trades for everybody. Oh, Julio Jones. I'll draft <laughs> him in round two. I've heard of him. He's great.
2: They traded a first, second, and third for Thomas Tatar. Yeah. And like their, first, right.
3: their first year. And he was like a healthy scratch. Hey, like I'm in a fantasy league. I'll make some trades. Yeah.
2: Yeah, they might have made a bad trade with the Sabres, too.
3: Yes, they could have. Eight
2: hundred three hundred five fifty trade deadline days tomorrow. Jeremy White, Sneaky Joe here on WGR.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 4 hours with audio every day.